It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bill Riley's got you covered on all things sports. This is the Bill Riley Show from the Valley Collision Studio. Let's get back to Bill on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, final half hour here on this Wednesday here at ESPN 700. Tomorrow, Utah quarterback Cam Rising will join us and our good friend and former uh, All-Pro Safety and uh, maybe future Hall of Famer Eric Weddle will join us as well. Coming up on the program tomorrow, plenty of football to talk about. Going to talk some NFL football right now with a guy that's been around the league for a long, long time. I'm I'm about halfway through his book. It's fantastic. It's called Football Done Right. Um, Mike Lombardi wrote it. You probably, if you're a football fan, know of Mike. Uh, he's a lot in the media now, does stuff with the Vegas Sports uh, Stats and Information Network, the Lombardi line there. He's been in a million front offices, and uh, I'm just I'm glad he wrote a book because he's got a million stories to tell, uh, and he's with us right now here in Salt Lake City. Mike, how are you? I'm great. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I haven't been with a million. I, I, I really have <laughs> only been with four teams, but that's okay. I appreciate it. I wish I was with a million, but that's good. Hey, but the four you were with, I mean, the 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 people you learned under and worked with. I mean, you write about it here. Uh, Bill Walsh, Al Davis, and Bill Belichick. I mean, you know, we can argue about a Mount Rushmore of coaching in front office, but those three guys would all certainly be on the very short list of guys that would go up there. That's a pretty good trio of guys to be with. Yeah, it is, and you know, I was fortunate enough. My first book, Gridiron Genius was really a tribute to Walsh and to Al Davis and to Belichick. I wanted to call the bill, the, the book, the bills of rights because of, you know, working for two bills, Belichick and Walsh, but the publisher thought gridiron genius was a better name. And obviously if you know anything about writing books, the publisher always wins. Yeah, yeah, they do. They're going to, you're going to have your say, but they're going to have the final say on it. I loved what you did at the beginning. Uh, your, your, your portion, the, the white Oaks, uh, kind of the foundations of football that maybe people today don't know as much of. And I've said this for years, and maybe some of it is because uh, my family grew up, my mom and dad and my, my, my extended family are all from the state of Ohio. I've often said one of the underappreciated guys in NFL history is is Paul Brown and and what yeah. he did. And, and, you know, his coaching tree may have as many branches as anybody. But talk a little bit about the thought of putting the White Oaks up front, what you mean by that but the influence that, that Paul Brown's had on just not football then, but football now, too. Well, I mean, look, we would not have the profession of coaching if it wasn't for Paul Brown. He modernized the game. And as I write about, he was the, he was the, uh, the infrastructure. He was the software for coaches. He developed the operating system. Uh, 
you know, the messenger guard, the headsets, the playbooks, the, the game plans, all those things came from Paul. And we don't do a good job in the NFL of honoring somebody who's made such an incredible contribution. Plus, he was seventh all-time on the win list. Oh, and by the way, he won seven titles. You know, like, what more does the guy have to do to, to really to be recognized and understood? You know, these guys that coach that are making $10, 20000000 million a year, they owe it to Coach Brown because he made the game for them. He made the coaching possession, really not just head coaching, but assistant coaching full-time. Because as you wrote in there, yeah, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, these guys would coach during the season, then they'd go find part-time jobs at the hardware store or the car dealership till it came back around. And I think, did he adopt that from his days at Ohio State and then took it to the pros? Is that what it was? It was, you know, when he, but also he was also ahead of the, Na- the Great Lakes Navy team and you know he developed it there and he was that's where he found Otto Graham and all that I mean his ability to scout was unbelievable and and procure talent and build a team I mean he's just really one of the true innovators we would not have coaching if it wasn't for Paul Brown Mike Lombardi's with us the name of the book and if you're a football fan especially a pro football fan it's called football done right we'll get to your list of 100 players in a minute but again Walsh Davis, Belichick. We know these guys, as I said, they're they're renowned. But working with them day in and day out, give us something about each one of those guys, Mike, that the average football fan may not know or something that was a subtle part of their genius, maybe not an obvious part of their genius. Well, from a global standpoint of all three, they understood what focus was about. All three of them could understand the problem. They asked the right questions. And then they all had the solutions to solve the problem. And they didn't need to find it somewhere else. They knew it instinctively. They had it. You know, Davis was truly a, a, someone who had a photographic memory. He knew more football than anybody. Bill Walsh once said to me, the most football he ever learned was from Al Davis. He had an unbelievable mind that he could build an organization. He modeled the Raiders after the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Yankees. The size and speed the size of the Yankees, the speed of the Dodgers, and his dedication to his craft. He was truly all in. Nothing was more important than the Raiders. You know, maybe, maybe Billie Holiday music at times but in women's basketball, but nothing else entered his life. Walsh could have been a CEO of any company. He was Bill, he was Steve Jobs before Steve Jobs. He had this incredible ability to raise everyone's level understand how to get that level raised and then then motivate people within the scheme and challenge people and he had the ability to do more than one thing at a time and again he had this focus and belichick and was a great listener belichick's greatest strength is his listening ability he listens intently i heard i heard matt damon talk about tom cruise on an interview about how Tom Cruise is so engaged in an interview that you don't think there's anybody else around. And that's Belichick. He really listens. And people think he's just opinionated and does whatever he wants. That's not the case. He measures twice, cuts once. He believes in the theory of second-order thinking. If we do this, then this is going to happen, and that could happen, and then what do we do when that happens? And all these men are leaders. The definition of a great leader is the ability to do the do things right. Managers, excuse me, do the right thing. Managers do things right. Leaders do the right thing. These guys did the right thing. Mike, all great coaches have to 
evolve or you don't remain a great coach or you don't remain in coach. You have to evolve. Maybe it doesn't appear there publicly, but they all evolve a little bit. You worked with Belichick in Cleveland and then worked with him again in New England. Where was he different in New England than when you worked with him the first time around in Cleveland? He was exactly the same person. Exactly the same person. He, in fact, he doubled down in New England. It worked in Cleveland. The media. And he moved the team. Everything's circumstantial. When you read the chapter on coaches and owners, I think that'll shed some light for you on that. I wrote a book, and I do, I talk about this in my first book. I wrote a book about, you know, a project that the Rams gave me to do when I was out of football for a year, and they wanted me to go into leadership. And I, and I wrote this book about what it takes to be a great coach. And at the conclusion of the book, I said, you should hire Bill Belichick. Because to me, he was the greatest coach. This is 1996. It wasn't a popular take. And the guy I gave the book to, John Shaw, laughed at me. I still have the book to prove that I'm right. Laughed at me and said, I can't hire him. He's damaged goods. He lost. People don't understand the real situations. And I wrote about it in my new book. But he was exactly the same, Bill. He was, he was, in the better situation, Robert Kraft allowed him to be Bill Belichick, whereas Art Modell didn't let him be that. He seems to be a guy that loves football, Belichick, and just loves the process of coaching and being part of it, being with the guys, being in the film room. Is he a guy that's going to coach for a long time more? Do you th- I mean, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but his, his legacy is what it is now. It's not going to change a whole lot. He's perhaps the greatest coach of all time, but... Is he a guy that's just going to keep coaching, or is there going to be a time where he says, nope, I'm going to walk away and enjoy being a grandpa and a dad and, and, and go play a little golf? He lives in the NFL, and he's young. <laughs> he's still, you know, he's still, I know he's 71, but he's a young 71, and I, he loves it, and he's getting better at his job every year he does it. Now, I know he hasn't gone to a Super Bowl, but it's easy, it's cliche as to say, but he is better, and there's not a better coach, and he continues to get better, and he loves it. His work ethic is remarkable. His work ethic and his production of work is remarkable. You know, I talked to some other GMs in the league about when I was there and what we did and how we did it, and they marvel at how much work he produces on a daily basis. He truly loves it. That's his life. He's done it, and, he, and he's good at it, and why not keep doing it? I'll ask you a question now based on your experience because you wore that title of GM as well as personnel director what's the most difficult part in today's nfl about being a general manager evaluating the character of the players oh the character the character is the hardest part evaluating football is easy evaluating the love of the game evaluating their dedication to the game evaluating their heart their toughness all those things how important is football what's going to happen when he gets paid what's going to happen when all of a sudden he becomes famous I mean, it's a really hard question to answer. You know, I grew up in this great state of New Jersey, so everything I do, and I, I credit him at the end of the book, is related to Bruce Springsteen because, you know, he shaped my life and he told me to cross Highway 9, and I did. But he wrote an album called Nebraska that really was asking himself the question, what am I going to be when I, now that I'm famous? And that's a question a lot of GMs have to ask themselves. What's going to happen to the player when now he's rich? Is he going to still love football? Is it going to affect our team? And that's a hard answer to get. You wrote the chapter, chapter 8 in the book, as the top 100 players. Now, I, I said I'm, I'm, I'm not quite through it all yet. I flipped through that part, though. Um, 
How how long did it take you to put your list of one through one hundred together? I uh, I I started. You know, I, I did it like a I did it like a uh, like a draft board. I did it like like a draft board, and I started with 170 names of players to consider. I went through them, I graded them, and then I built the board. And I wanted to make sure I didn't have too many wide receivers. I could have put Terrell all I could have put other receivers on the top 100, but then it would have not been a board. It wouldn't have been the top players of all. You know, I have too many receivers and not enough offensive linemen or too many receivers and not enough safeties. I wanted it to be reminiscent of a draft board, so that's what I tried to do. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think any current players are on that list. Am I right? No, I mean I did. Well, Aaron Rodgers is on the list. Aaron Donald's on the list. Yeah, there are some. Okay, okay. Players. I didn't put Mahomes. I didn't put Mahomes on the list because he had only won one Super Bowl. I thought about putting him on, but you know it was one of those where I thought it was a little too early to do it, and eventually he will be on that list. What makes him as a guy that's evaluated talent for your entire career, whether as a scout or a general manager and vice president? I, I, I ask this people all the time. People this all the time. I'm I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I'm a lifelong. I grew up in Kansas City, so I experienced bad football for a long time and renting Niners quarterbacks forever and things of that nature. So, and then watching John Elway rip my heart out as a Chiefs fan throughout my teenage years and college years. So, having Patrick Mahomes has been like winning the football lottery. As you watch him play, though. What make for you? What makes his talent and his his game so unique? First of all, he is dedicated to his craft. He's the best player on the team, and he sets the tone of intolerance for anything that gets in the way of winning. And secondly, he's got incredible instincts, and he's got competitive stamina. He's never satisfied. He wants to keep getting better. He wants to keep improving his craft, and those are hard things to find. Those are hard things to find in great players. Some contentment is one of the biggest downfalls of any player. I'm content. I've done enough. You know, when he wakes up in the morning, Mahomes doesn't think he's done enough. He keeps going. And it feels like that attitude permeates through that locker room. As you just said, he kind of sets the tone. It helps to be partnered up with a guy like Andy Reid, but it feels like his attitude rubs off on others. No question. And that's why he's the leader of the team. By the way, I won't give it away. Uh, for those of you that should buy this book, you can go get it. Mike will tell you where you can get it in a second. But um, I did notice you have two Belichick guys at one and two on that list. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to not. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's hard to not put them on that list when you look at it. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you could make a case against them. Could no, you? No, I, I, I completely agree. The guy that's number two... I've argued about for a long time because, again, I grew up watching him. I'm of that age. You and I are a few years apart, but I'm of that age. Unless you saw what he did on a regular basis, it's hard to fully explain the impact he had on the game. He changed the game, changed blocking schemes. He changed how the position was played, and he did it with great passion. He did it with incredible passion and incredible drive. And when the game was on the line in the fourth quarter, he had another gear to go to. And no one could stop him. When I watched that 100-year, whatever it was, the 100 players the NFL Network did a few years ago, all I needed to see was the way your old boss and friend fawned over him. That's how you know somebody's pretty damn good. There were a handful of those players. I think Ed Reed was one of those guys, too. 
that Belichick just couldn't stop talking about. You know, it's funny. When I told Al Davis we were getting we were going to trade for for Randy Moss, I, I, I went into his office and I said to him, now we just got the best receiver in all of football. And he lectured me for the next 45 minutes on why I was an idiot and why Lance Allworth was always be the best receiver in all of football. So I think that you understand that the past matters, and those guys know it. You know, they knew it. Hey, before I let you go, tell people where they can get this book and and why they should pick it up. Uh, the book is available wherever you buy books. Your bestseller, unless you live in Ocean City, which we have one bookstore. I haven't been able to get it in there, so I can't fix, explain that. Even though I'm a local and grew up here, but we'll resolve that issue at some other time. But uh, anywhere you buy books, it's online. It's in bookstores. You can get it on Audible. You can get it on on uh, Kindle. It's out there, and I appreciate anybody who does buy it, and I hope you enjoy it. It's called Football Done Right by Mike Lombardi, who's a uh, football lifer who's got a pretty good feel for uh, these things. It's a really fun and interesting read and an easy read, too. Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bill. Take care. Mike Lombardi with us here on the Bill Riley Show today.